Broadcasting from the Wella offices, direct from the Atlanta Tech Village, you're listening to The Incubator, the voice of the Atlanta Tech startup scene. The Incubator is a weekly show featuring Atlanta-based startup founders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. Who they are, what drives them, and how they plan to change the world. Today's show is made possible by Willa, helping you on your financial journey every step of the way. And now, here are today's hosts. All right. Good morning and welcome back to The Incubator. I'm your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Ashley Staggs. Good morning, Staggs. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm still giggling over our pre-show conversation. Yes. Uh, to save face, uh, I am not going to reference that pre-show conversation because that will lose our entire audience it almost will. instantly. Because no, they will love us more for it. I don't know. We might have to figure out how to test that, uh, but I'm afraid to do that without some more research first. Anyway, you know, uh, Ashley, uh, I know you probably enjoy dining out I as do. much as I do. And and you go to a cool restaurant and you order this amazing meal and it presents itself and you eat it and you pay and you go home. There's We take it for granted what it takes to actually run a restaurant. you know. And right. so today's guest is doing some pretty interesting, disruptive things in that industry. It's going to be fun to dock into it. So uh, let's say hello to our guest. His name is Mark Haiti. He is the CEO of Orderly. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. Thanks for making time to join us, Mark. Uh, before we get into a conversation around Orderly, your organization, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background. I was born, you don't want me to go back that far, right? (laughs) Been in Atlanta for many years, started out in uh, accounting, management, consulting, eventually got in with a technology company here called Radiant Systems. We built uh, technology for restaurants, retailers, convenience stores, movie theaters, a lot lot of different companies, full gamut of technology. Spent uh, about 15 years there working, running industry groups, working with customers, eventually was a CFO. And in 2011, we sold that company to NCR, uh, who, who has a huge presence in Atlanta here. And they've continued that business on. And myself and some other executives went off and spent some time doing some investing, working with some PE firms, and eventually um, got the crazy idea to launch Orderly after uh, actually having a couple restaurants that I uh, invested in and helped operate mm. over the last few years. Kind of got more ingrained in that industry and, and learned it a lot better on the inside than I ever did when I was on the outside kind of selling into it. So my background is financial, consulting, operational, and restaurant and technology. I I assume it's not the person that works in a hospital. Nope. (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) Uh, Orderly is a technology platform really with a vision to help restaurants really build and use the habits of success in an operation. What you find, particularly in independent restaurants where we focus, is you've got people that are very creative, they're artists, they're very driven and passionate about service and customers and food, typically not so much on the business side, really not that uh, focused on dealing with invoices and payments and managing their cost structure and dealing with a lot of the operational pieces of the business that can really make or break the financial side of the business for them. So you end up with a lot of great restaurant people that don't have the tools and capabilities to operate their restaurant profitably and unfortunately aren't aren't always that successful. So we really set out to help solve that problem, give them technology and tools that gave them a very simple way to manage the restaurant professionally and have the tools that the bigger chains have without having to have the cost and overhead of that. I I suspect you know the answer to this question, but what percentage of new restaurants fail? I mean, it's pretty staggering. The typical numbers you read are fairly inflated, but but it's a a pretty high number, particularly within the first year or so. And you find a lot of people get in the restaurant industry without understanding the costs of it and don't have enough real money to do it. 
it and, you know, put a lot of money in up front and, and it takes a while to build up a restaurant. Well, I'm thinking of the classic book, The E-Myth Revisited, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which it tells a story of a lady who loved baking and said, ooh, I can open up a bakery and be successful. She hit the wall with the business side of it and struggled. And so help me understand. So for those listening, those restaurants who are not using orderly right now, what challenges are they, are they facing? You went, you cited a little bit of it. I want it to be real crystal clear the, the problem that you're solving and the challenges and the obstacles that a typical restaurant right now is, is running into. Well, I like to characterize one way to kind of visualize it is there's, uh, there's typically a person at the restaurant who's overseen hundreds of thousands of dollars of purchases and product. They are uh, daily having to determine what to order, who to order it from, what price to pay, how to manage those costs. And that person is the same person that's cooking you dinner tonight. Is that really their, their skill set? Is it really their focus? Is it their passion? Do they really have the tools and training to manage that kind of a business? I mean, if I gave you $500,000, $800,000 budget and told you to manage it and you had no tools, experience, and probably no time, that's the environment they work into, walk into every day when it comes to managing you know, some of their back-of-house functions. So what led you to found this? Was there something, just with your experience with investing in restaurants that you kind of, that sparked it? Was there a moment? What kind of uh, was the impetus behind all this? Yeah. So my involvement, it was directly related to owning restaurants. Mm -hmm. And so my involvement with the restaurants, not being a restaurant operator by trade is more the back end financial side. I've invested with a partner here in Atlanta. It's a restaurant called Taqueria. It's a Korean Mexican food. And so the chef does a great job coming up with all that. I helped him open locations, you know, find the leases, do all that kind of stuff. And I get all the bills. I get all the expenses. I put together the financials and I look at it and I say, man, we really suck at this. Like, <laughs> why are we so bad, Thomas, at, at, at dealing with how we buy things? Why is it so manual? Why is there paper all over the place? Uh, it's chaotic. And I came from a world that was much more corporate and structured. And he's like, well, that's the way it's always been. That's every restaurant I've ever worked in is like that. Uh, he's worked at a lot of successful restaurant groups, some here in town and others in San Francisco and Dallas. And so I said, well, let's get some of your chef friends together and see what the deal is. And so we pulled together four or five other chefs in Atlanta, sat down, asked them questions about, you know, what they found frustrating, what they saw as challenges as far as running the kitchen and the operations. And it came back to this whole ordering process, dealing with suppliers, dealing with paper invoices, not really having any information to make decisions off of, but they'd all kind of accepted that's just the way it is. You know, people don't have the tools for independent restaurants. They don't have time to, to figure it out. And so they're just keeping up day to day. Seeing that, witnessing it, and then talking to more restaurants made me realize we it wasn't just us. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. the segment of the industry, which is hundreds of thousands of independent uh, restaurants and restaurant groups out there that nobody has really applied modern technology and tools to make their life simpler. My first step was not to start a company. It was to see the problem, go out and look for companies to invest in. So my, my partners and I, uh, as we were canvassing the market of, of different startups and other technology companies, just didn't find somebody to invest in. And we said, well, you know, we know plenty of technology people in Atlanta. Let's pull together a few folks and prototype some stuff. And we literally sat in um, you know, with Tom Murphy at Murphy's Restaurant in Virginia Highlands and his chef. And they were nice enough to give us the spreadsheets they used. And we just said, we'll take over it and make it easier and started building technology. I agree with you when you said uh, generally someone who starts a restaurant like that, and I'm not talking about the Chili's, I'm talking about a a real restaurant, right, where the chef is an artist, 
right? And, and his, his or her mind needs to be focused on creating this amazing meal. They, they, don't, they don't, frankly, I don't want them burdened with all this other stuff. But I imagine that's a big leap for some people. That's not their mindset. They're not technologists. They're, they don't think about how to manage spreadsheets and inventory and supplies and all that kind of thing. And they're probably learning it the hard way. I mean, cause I imagine a lot of people say, well, this is how we've always done it. Yeah. How, how, do, how do you overcome that roadblock and say, here's how this thing changes your life dramatically? Yeah. I mean, it allows it, you to be that artist. It's like many innovations, right? A nurse is your biggest enemy, yeah. right? So they're used to doing it this way. They they become really good at Excel for people that aren't financial people. Like, you know, they do everything in Excel and, and on paper. The big theme we have is to build habits. We have to have technology that one, doesn't feel like a computer. Everything we develop is for mobile. It works on the computer and there's some things you kind of have to, you know, do on, on, a bigger, on a bigger screen. But when it comes to placing orders, taking inventory, looking at flash reports, all that's on the phone. Because wow. every chef hates the computer and hates the back office, but they love their phone and they use it. Uh, so if we can make it as simple as um, using social media, um, using applications they're used to, we can start getting the habit of they reach for the phone when they need to do a task, not run into a back office and have to open up a computer and remember a login and all that crazy stuff. Um, Is it, am, I, am I envisioning... Oh, I need more pasta. I just get on the thing and hit a, hit a couple of buttons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's that you, simple. Uh, it's, it's, it's as simple as, you know, you've set it up to where uh, you lay out your ingredients, where they are in the restaurant. So all you have to do is walk through the restaurant, look at the shelf and say, oh yeah, I need more of this, more of that. You just click the quantity, all the data's in the system, hit send, and it goes to your supplier. Today, that process is like, grab, grab a clipboard. Yep. I have a list of ingredients Typically by supplier, I call that supplier with my list of ingredients, hang up. Maybe I got a hold of them, maybe I didn't. I call the next guy. So ours is you just walk through, what do you need? We know who you buy it from. We know the price you should get. We know the quantity. You put it in there. We shoot it to each of your suppliers and, uh, and the, the product comes in and you can check against what you actually ordered. Uh, probably more importantly, we track all the invoice data on the back end so they know gosh, you know, when I created my recipe, this menu item was pretty profitable, but the price of tenderloin's gone up 30% since, you know, three months ago when I, when I set up this item. So maybe I need to reconsider my recipe or my pricing or things that just get lost in the chaos of a restaurant. You're not keeping track of every ingredient's price when it's on a piece of paper. I want to open a restaurant just so I can use this thing. Right. <laughs> All right. Mark, Haiti, Ashley, and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This is Wes Moss, former host of Atlanta Tech Edge on NBC in Atlanta. I'm here today, though, to talk to you about my new digital financial advisory firm, Wella. Wella is an old English word that means wealth. Several years ago, my team realized there were too many people who needed help with their financial strategy, but couldn't get the help they needed because they didn't reach the high investment minimums of many financial advisory firms. To answer this need, we developed Wella, a digital platform that allows us to help people just like you get free financial advice and tools to better manage their finances. We also offer online investing and the ability to work with your own investment advisor with no minimums. Learn more at yourwella.com. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. All right. And we're back with Mark Haiti, CEO of Orderly. So you're kind of combining two different workplaces, I guess, that don't often cross over the restaurant industry and startup. What are some of the similarities you're seeing between those two? Well, it's interesting. It's a great question because coming into it, I would have assigned no similarities to the two. That's what right? I'm thinking. I've worked in both and I'm like, no, nah, I don't get it. But um, but as I've had feet in both, uh, it's interesting to, to see some of the... Um, 
similar analogies. Uh, you know, one is in a in a startup, particularly a SaaS technology startup, it is creative. I mean, you're designing, you're creative, you're coming up with a product that that you're trying to assess the demand for, and you're iterating that, just like you do with your menu over time. You're getting feedback from users. I mean, in a restaurant, you get pretty real-time feedback, and you can iterate a dish very quickly. It's no different with developing technology. You need that real-time feedback, or else you're going to waste a lot of time and money developing the wrong thing. I kind of came up in the technology world and in the world where you'd sit in conference rooms and design stuff and then spend a year building it and then reveal it to the world. And uh, I think as we all know now in a startup, that's that's <laughs> like, you better have some deep pockets uh, or, or it just ain't going to work. So similar methodology around product development, design, and iteration, very iterative in a restaurant, very iterative in a, in a startup. And I'd say even financially, you know, we sell orderly as a subscription. You know, you're only as good as the latest service you've provided to your customer. And you're only going to make money if you continue to deliver that value. And it's the same with a restaurant. People are not required to come into your restaurant. They don't sign a contract to come right. into your restaurant. They come in because they want what you got. And they only come back if they like their last experience. So those things are very, very similar. And then I'd say the the chaos that, that I describe in, in restaurants, which is very chaotic, very frenetic, always something going on, always something changing. Same with a startup. I mean, you're, you, you don't have deep resources. You don't have departments to go do stuff. You've got to figure it out on your own. You've got to make it happen. Variables come up. You have to react very quickly. So it's very similar to, to the restaurant environment, obviously very different products and, and whatnot. But I do think running a restaurant is very much running a startup. I mean, you you it is a startup. You start the restaurant, you have to manage every aspect of the business. It's a sales organization, a marketing organization. It's a manufacturing floor and production. It's a you know warehouse and inventory. It, it, it's very very much a, uh, a a full business that you manage as a restaurant, and uh, and that's you know part of why we build technology for them because that's a complicated business to run, mm-hmm. particularly if you've never run those types of things before. But it's on a small scale, so people haven't built the systems to go operate it. So you're running a uh, make-to-order manufacturing shop in a restaurant. Right, a real make-to-order operating factory has technology that leads all that and drives those processes. Yeah, yeah. restaurants don't. Right, and and it's too it's uh, it's too expensive to do that. But that's part of why we build simple technology for that. You know, make it easy, get it down to the lowest common denominator of what needs to be done in a restaurant. Give them simple mobile technology and help them build those habits of oh hey, I just go to this thing. That's the that's the easy way now is to go to this. And then I'm used to it, and then I reinforce the good habits of how I how I am successful and make money. So you got to do that in in both of those lines of business, both restaurants and startups. So where are you in the startup journey? Are, when did you launch? Are you in? A, are you still in a beta phase? Are you are you are you focusing on Metro Atlanta? Are you national? Where, where are you on all that? We started out in Atlanta, and we were very market focused. And as the product evolved, we were able to um, uh, be able to go sell more virtually online and through marketing and social media and content marketing, uh, which kind of took us away from a salesperson model that we had when we first started. And so now we sell nationally and uh, and uh, implement nationally. Uh, we are well past the beta phase. We've been at it for about three years. Uh, I'd say the latest suite of products, which, which kind of took us a while to iterate, um, has been in the market for about a year. So that's really the product suite that we're really pushing into market and growing around. And uh, we're in hundreds of restaurants. We process millions of dollars of transactions on a regular basis, uh, and, and we continue to grow, um, you know, adding dozens of restaurants a day to our portfolio of companies we work with. 
One thing I've noticed with technology, especially lately, is that there's there's always been for a very long time services that are for the umbrella of small business. So you have a money management software that's supposed to be a catch-all. And now it seems like a lot of startups are creating services specifically for these niches and their unique needs. Is restaurant technology an industry that's kind of growing? Because I feel like they're you know, they're usually the last ones to join the party because they know how to do everything already and they don't want to deviate from that. So talk to me about that industry. Yeah, restaurant industry. So I've been in it now for for quite a while. You know, Radiant, that was our largest industry and was a great growth vehicle for us. And it it wasn't because the end market per se, you know, the number of restaurants isn't growing significantly. As you mentioned earlier, there is a lot of churn. So there's always new restaurants opening, but the industry itself has grown at a fairly slow rate. Because it's a slow adopter, it's late to the party in technology, the ability to penetrate the market uh, is much larger than a lot of other markets. So small businesses and restaurants have not historically had a lot of options for technology. In the last probably three, maybe on the outskirts, five years, but really in the last three years, there's been a pretty heavy focus of technology into small restaurants on the front end of their of their operations, loyalty programs, uh, gift card programs, uh, mobile payments, all sorts of things coming in the front door around customer experience. And so that's really been the first wave of technology into small business and, and restaurants, very focused on the consumer experience. You know, I think everyone can relate to that moment, right? Where you're at the restaurant, you're paying, you're ordering. Yeah. And so a lot of uh, innovation has gone into that part of the restaurant. Fewer people can relate to the back of house for the restaurant. So there has, it has not been as sexy or interesting and people haven't gone into that. So it's a, it's a pretty wide open market for us and it and it is a slow adopting market so you know we we spent a lot of our time educating restaurants on how to operate better and and how to drive that change and build those habits the nice thing is it's an established market it's uh, one that's not highly penetrated for the type of solution that we're providing we don't have to uh, rely on the restaurant industry taking off Right. <laughs> yeah, it's already taken off a long time. I hope this is going to make it, right? Yeah. Uh, I hope it, people want to dine out. Yeah, so it's it's really helping them do better and, and penetrating that market is our focus. I have to imagine, uh, sort of springboarding off of Ashley's question, though, I mean, I, the, the technology that you're building, while designed and built around restaurants, there's a lot of boutique, very niche types of other small businesses that have to manage inventory and 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 sometimes have to, it's made to order kind of of a thing. I mean, is there any thought? Maybe you're already doing this, or maybe it's a longer term play. Is there any idea or any thought to to apply what you're what you're learning and building here to other other spaces? Yeah, it's it's a possibility, and it's always an opportunity. Um, I think a key to our success will to remain to be remain focused, sure. right? Because I've always believed verticalization of technologies and important, applying it to the specifics of how people operate their business so they don't have to take a general technology and figure out how to apply it to their business. So we've got 400,000 restaurants in the U.S. alone that we can go sell to. We haven't quite gotten them all yet. <laughs> we, we have a little growth left in us. Should achieve that by like July, maybe? Yeah, if, okay. you know, if, if we're on target. Um, <laughs> but um, so we're not looking to expand into other industries, but it's a potential down the road. I think the other there's, there's other aspects within our industry to focus on. I mean, part of what we do is gather a tremendous amount of data that doesn't really get captured today. Most restaurant uh, purchase data is in invoices and paper and filing cabinets. And so the fact that we are um, collecting that for restaurants and, and housing it gives us a next wave 
wave of opportunity to drive more analytics-based products, both to the restaurant and to the supply chain. So uh, job one is to do a great job of helping restaurants be successful, to automate their processes and to capture data so they can use it. Step two is to take that data and use it in more creative ways to help the restaurant be successful. And, uh, and then ultimately, you know, potentially to help their supply chain serve them better. And there's you know, plenty of models in other industries where, where supply chain data becomes very useful to help operators better manage their business, their demand, their flow of goods, market into their seller base, et cetera. So that's a longer term, more, more so than going into other industries for us, a longer term expansion strategy would be to leverage the data that we, that we get to help everyone operate better in that ecosystem. Who's the ideal candidate for something like Orderly? Are you focusing on these small, single-person-owned restaurants? Could a chain jump up on this? How does that work? Kind of look at 50 sites or less, or really typically 20 sites or less as uh, a real target for us. Um, That's everything from the independent operator who has one restaurant to, um, you know, groups who have uh, 10, 15, 20 different types of restaurants in one market or multiple markets to smaller chains. Um, When you get into a chain and you've got 20 or 30 of the exact same location over and over again, you, you, you do start to develop a system and processes and automation that can be leveraged across those sites that they tend to be able to have a person who runs purchasing, a person who runs certain operational areas. They can take more traditional tools that take a lot more data maintenance and oversight uh, and manage those effectively. Somebody who has you know, 10 restaurants that are all different, you can't apply those tools to them. Uh, they're just they're meant for standardization. Somebody who has you know ten cookie cutter restaurants probably isn't going to have a dedicated full time person overseeing certain aspects of operations. So those are really our sweet spot is everything from the independent operator to the twenty thirty site group. Well, I can think of a very well known local Atlanta restaurant organization that, that just shut their that doors. Could have used it this. probably could have gotten a lot of benefit. <laughs> yeah, out of, I think we're thinking of the same one. Because <laughs> I'm thinking of. I mean, you just touched on it, but all this data you're collecting, to me, that's the hidden gem in all this because you're learning exact. You're going to be able to. You're going to create the code and how to run the perfect restaurant. You're going to install all this this into a restaurant, and you're going to start getting flags saying, "Ooh, potential problem here, potential problem there," right? And make those recommendations. It's almost going to be a consultative relationship, which is actually wicked cool. Yeah, I mean, our goal, I mean, the end-of-day goal for us is to help independent restaurants be successful, right? And 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 I use the word habit a lot because I think it's important for them to build those habits of, of how to do things correctly. And what we want to do is take away less and less uh, need for them to have to learn, you know, to be a, an MBA in business management, right? We, we can put that intelligence in their data and just feed them answers to the questions they should be asking, right? You should be asking about the the trend in food costs for your key items, right? So we're just going to tell you. You don't have to ask. We'll just tell you. You should be asking about how you can improve certain parts of your operation. We're going to let you know that you're spending more as a percentage of revenue in this part of your business than other people. Maybe that's an area you know you need to dig into. So you're right. We'll, we'll, with the data, we can be that much better of a technology provider and, and move from being a tool uh, that lets you do a transaction and, and a process to uh, insights that let you figure out how to run the business better. It's almost like having a business partner. So the the people that want to open a restaurant because they're foodies or they're chefs or this has been they want to have that family restaurant that their family grows up in doesn't have to seek out that person that's completely business focused that they have to split everything with because they know they don't have it. This kind of allows them to run the business 
without having to seek out a person to kind of share it with. So wait, so you're saying if my business partner <laughs> had my technology, he wouldn't have he needed me. He would have me. never needed you. Darn. <laughs> I'm putting myself out of a job. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking of an obvious example, but I can imagine someone who's not savvy to the business side of running a restaurant says, all right, well, we have this entree. Let's put it on the menu for, oh, I don't know, let's say $10. Well, you can analyze that and say, well, understand the, the cost of that and, the, and this and this and this. You should really be offering that for 14 uh, That's the kind of help that you, and there's a million examples right. like that, I suspect. But but that that can be invaluable to a restaurant's success, success or failure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a low margin business. So pennies and dollars make a make a big a difference. Huge difference. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, are you recruiting staff? I mean, t- tell us about the, that st- side of things. We've got uh, 15 people, and um, primarily at the core team right now that we need to grow the business probably for the next six months or so. Um, we've kind of built up and built up our sales function, our marketing function, and, and um, our product development team. So we're not significantly recruiting, and we're always obviously looking for great people to add to the team, um, but we don't have a big team expansion strategy. We've, we've invested a lot in the last six months in really making our product more um, self-service and scalable to the user so that we don't have to have uh, you know, a, a ton of hiring just to, to add more customers. Uh, where we'll likely add more people as, as we um, continue to grow and do more investments around marketing and, and outreach to customers. Uh, and then eventually, as we expand the product reach, get more into some of the data and analytics, we'll probably bring some different skill sets into the organization at that time. Got it. So let's wrap with this. A restaurant owner says, all right, I need help. Orderly, come in here and, sa- and save, my, save my bacon, no pun intended. How does it start? What's the, what's the first couple of steps to launch this engagement? Part of what we've invested in is making that super simple because that is the hurdle to get over, getting started, right? If they have to take time out of their day, it's a delay. So we just introduced a mobile app that makes it super simple that when an invoice comes in the door, you open orderly, I take a picture of the invoice. Wow. Now I'm kind of done. Typically, I'd take that invoice, I'd write some stuff on it, I might put some GL codes on it, I'd stick it in a folder, somebody'd pick it up later, I'd go enter it into a spreadsheet. Now they take a picture, we capture summary information, they can go in and add detail later, or uh, we've got a kind of a premium service where we'll go in and do the data entry for them. We go reach out to their suppliers if electronic uh, data is available. We'll hook it up so we can do that and get an electronic data feed for them. So to get started, they download an app. They start taking some pictures. We work with them to get the data in, to hook up their suppliers, and they have data flowing fairly immediately. As fancy as they want to get, they can go from there. We'll train them on taking inventory, on placing orders more efficiently, um, and, uh, and they, you know, in increments of 20, 30 minutes investments, not hours and hours of investments is kind of how we've built the product. So it progresses with them. They add on modules over time. It starts very affordably. Our base product is free uh, to take pictures and, and capture your invoices. You move up to $55 to start getting advanced reporting and analytics, you know, up to $150 to be doing inventory and such. So it's, uh, it's pretty accessible both from a time and economic standpoint. That's the deal of the century. If, and if you're running a restaurant, I mean, I think you recognize how what a, what a good what a bargain that is. All right. Well, Mark, uh, we're running low on time. As you know, the incubator is made possible by Wella. So it is time for the Wella question of the week, which is, what is the best piece of financial advice you have ever received or given? I have given a lot and gotten a lot, and it's hard to, uh, hard to prioritize. But I think one thing that I think about that I've tried to do myself is compartmentalize um, your what do you finances. Mean by that? So I mean hide money from yourself, 
right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put it in different places. And I don't mean, you know, under the mattress per se, but I think it's important as you start to get money to literally hide it from yourself, to put money in places and say, this is money I'm only spending for this. It kind of like savings, but I, I do it a little differently. So I, you know, if you have an opportunity to have some excess capital. Some of it you want to try to invest and do things with. Set a limit, put a box around it. This is how much I get to play with and invest and, you know, get an E-Trade account and open, you know, invest in a few stocks that I think are interesting. You can you can overextend yourself in that and put yourself at too much risk. There's a certain amount of money I always keep in the bank, right? And and uh, over the years, I try to increase that amount of money. So I think it's important to have that discipline and structure where you think about your money, you've got living expenses, you've got savings, and you've got you know, stuff that you want to try to grow and, and make investments and maybe make it risky. And as you accumulate more, you might put more towards that. But I think that's important is to be able to compartmentalize, protect it, and and importantly, hide it from yourself because oftentimes you cannot be trusted with your own money. <laughs> well, he's a lot more serious about his money than That's I am. That's very true. <laughs> good, good Lord. All I right. thought he meant hide it in the Caymans. But he oh. meant from yourself, not the government. I'm sure you could right. help us with that. I right. would never advocate hiding <laughs> it from the government, not on air. <laughs> well, we off air in a minute. We can really get into that. So, all right. Well, Mark, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I uh, appreciate you making time to join us. Before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have questions? And where can they learn more about Orderly? S- super simple. Just uh, on the internet, getorderly.com. We've got all the information on the website. You know, you can, from there launch off into Twitter and Facebook and everything else. We're, we're, we're everywhere, and uh, we appreciate people coming to check us out. Outstanding. Mark Hady, the CEO of Orderly. Great to have you. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks. Great to be here, guys. Our pleasure. All right. Well, that's all for today. Again, on behalf of our guest, Mark Hady, my co-host, Ashley Staggs, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you next week on The Incubator. You've been listening to The Incubator, recorded from the Wella offices, direct from the Atlanta Tech Village. This broadcast is a partnership between the Intrepid Now Media Network and Hypopotamus, and made possible by Wella, helping you on your financial journey every step of the way. The Incubator is directed by Andrea Risk and produced by Floyd Fischel. You can find The Incubator on iTunes, and leaving a rating and review on iTunes will be appreciated by all. Again, you've been listening to The Incubator. The show will return next week. We'll see you then.